your Newcastle. You may have noticed that Newcastle is rapidly becoming a major arts and cultural destination and entering a really interesting new phase of maturity and sophistication thanks to the ongoing revitalisation of our city. My name is Carol Duncan. I'm a Newcastle City Councillor and I am fortunate enough to chair two wonderful committees within the city, the Public Art Reference Group and also the Community and Culture Advisory Committee. Recently, with our Public Art Reference Group, we have appointed five external art, design and architecture experts to help lead the future of public art in the city. So when the PARG panel, Public Art Reference Group, meets, we look at all sorts of proposals that might be coming from developers or from people like Katerina and Jacinta Fenton, who we've just spoken to with the Big Picture Festival and the Little Festival. One of the local artists who joined us on the streets of Newcastle in 2020 for the Big Picture Fest with a mural in King Street is Jordan Lucky, who's the creative director of Playstate. Jordan and company director of Playstate, Isaac Witten, join me for part two of our public art podcast, but I've changed the name of it to Art in Public because I actually think that's better. Hi. Morning. How are you? Terrific. We live in the dream. Well, look, yes, I am, particularly when I get to spend my time on committees like that. But you're probably living the dream too, aren't you? It's, it's got to be your dream job. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, it's always nice to uh, share a vision of what Newcastle could look like. So, um, yeah, love loving where the direction we're headed. So Yeah, it is changing fast. And one of the things that I love about the art in public component of it is that it's so visual and everybody can see these representations of activity but it's also because it is public brings the community in and involves you know everybody who lives and works here in what's happening in changing the city. Isaac I'll get you to start by telling us a little bit about Playstate and what you and Jordan do through this organisation. Yeah absolutely so Jordan and I started Playstate maybe 12 months ago we'd worked together for years before that we've known each other for about a decade 15 years yeah, it's um, been a while. <laughs> it's, it's been ages. It's been ages. But with PlayState, Jordan and I were just working together, murals and things around the city, and we just thought we can do this bigger. We can involve more people, more artists, and we can really have an impact on the city and just change the way it looks and the way that it feels for everyone involved. And I guess there are a couple of different ways that we can get to that. It can be through the festivals that we've been talking about that uh, that that council assists in funding through the special business rate. But it's also something that I guess for your work uh, with PlayState is something that you can be working with local other local organisations and companies to commission. Yeah. So for us, it's like pretty much we're building what we wish was in place when we were first trying to find our feet in street art. So myself, I left the country at 18, sort of seeking a career in street art and not finding, I guess, avenues or assistance or support within what was existing in Newcastle back in the 2000s. So when I came home to Newcastle, I'm, you know, a bit more confident, a bit more quality, a bit more skilled. We start painting quite a few murals and constantly having other artists saying, you know, like, how, who, what's the procedure, how do we get involved? And soon enough, Isaac brought in his skill set in media, marketing, PR, things like this, and could offer a lot of assistance to artists that were trying to find a foothold in an ever-changing and new career. How do you define, if you can, Jordan, street art? Mm, that's a very complex question. That's a very complex question. Because I think my personal background, coming from a graffiti writer background, and being involved in a lot of communities worldwide. So 
Uh, I've gone and connected with sort of the graffiti and street art movements in about 40 countries of the world now. I see it as a very elaborate and multifaceted thing. So street art can mean community or it can mean just the visual things that we're seeing in the city. For me, street art's been a home around the world for meaning couches to sleep on, people showing me around other cities, being tour guides purely because we have painting in common. Mm. It's also meant a sense of self, you know, like finding my way through a world that, you know, if we're not careful, could end up very grey and very dull. And I find myself connecting to cities, even if I'm not engaging with people, because I'm engaging with art. So I guess if I had to define street art, I'd say it's public art that makes you feel something. How has your work evolved from that teenager who decided to take off overseas? <laughs> and I, I use the word, the word work there very carefully because I'm assuming that it has changed enormously and is now obviously a career. Yeah, so I guess when I first started, I always had the idea that that's the thing I love doing and that's what I wanted to do and how I wanted to spend my time. I was saving as much as I could in jobs I didn't care about to go travel to you know, street art meccas around the world to focus on finding my way of making that possible. So I guess my first works were more about having a break from the stresses and pressures coming straight out of high school. I was just enjoying floating around in Europe and, you know, I assisted with some really great artists that painted large-scale murals. Mm -hmm. And I was painting a lot of smaller things myself and trying to figure out how to make that jump. And it wasn't really until you start thinking about all the logistics where you're thinking about, you know, access, where whether it's machinery, you've got to have licensing and skill sets that allow you to go to that size. I was like, oh, actually there is learning and experience that's needed to take your paintings from a metre or two metres tall to 50, 100 metre tall paintings. So I think my work's changed in a lot of, a lot of direction to, I guess, grow as a professional. Yeah. Where I think the essence has always just been that excitement and that joy. We'll come back and dig around in that <laughs> thought a little bit more. But I think, Isaac, how do you take that sort of passion and skill and desire to be involved in public art and street art, how do you take that and turn it into a business? That was actually one of the easier things because everyone is so passionate about what they do. And if you can find people who are passionate about doing something and say, hey, we can pay you to do this, we can, you know, make you part of a larger community and we can all do this together. It's almost a no-brainer for a lot of people to say, absolutely, I want to be involved. It yeah, was and I think it's a, a mixture of like... You know, you see that passion in the artworks that we've got in our city and around the world. And a lot of businesses, a lot of communities would, you know, value that and enjoy it. So I found that other people have been encouraging of us to make it a profession more so than maybe a lot of artists themselves naturally have drive to be a professional. Okay, I'm going to come back to that little question I wanted to dig around in. One of the things that I, I think is... <laughs> probably one of the great superpowers of the festivals, the Big Picture Fest, and maybe even more so the Little Festival with Jacinta, is opportunity for people like you were at 17, 18, when you left overseas, and who are maybe doing graffiti art or whatever, but also giving them opportunities to, as you said, take the one metre square artwork and make it, bigger there's a lot in there isn't it that there's a lot of that's personal development from being you know the graffiti kid 
to becoming an artist. And it's also like a very hard step to make in the public eye. So I found the the jump between wanting to be an artist or a street artist and actually being able to, I guess, have the confidence and instill confidence in someone that has a space is a big jump. Little Festival's a, a great example of that because it's taking, I guess, medium to small size walls on yeah. rather than huge walls that might be a bit confronting to a, a budding artist. Yeah, it is definitely tough. There's limited spaces for young people to, I guess, practice outside of their own homes. You know, it's quite hard to source and find walls. Like I know at 18, I was knocking on people's doors, offering to pay out of my own pocket to paint murals and still getting rejected. So I guess there's a a big need for festivals like Little Festival that find those young artists and give them opportunities. So being rejected, I can only imagine that things have changed immensely because, you know, I think if you were at the moment to go and offer to pay someone to paint a beautiful mural on their wall, they'd fall over themselves to say yes. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely changing (laughs) for me personally, but I I think there's a long way to educating, I guess, the wider community that, you know, there, there needs to be a lot of avenues for learners and beginners and, you know, street art doesn't always have to be a permanent fixture you know mm-hmm. like I, I often think of murals as a ecosystem in themselves you know it blooms over time and ages and deteriorates and eventually that ecosystem collapses becomes a forest floor and something new grows in that space I often think about that in the concept of advertising as we've seen a few times now through development in the city and a building has come down and then remaining on the wall like the old eat a peanut butter sign around on uh, hunter street or there's a fabulous one down on watt street um and suddenly they're revealed and people get very excited about it and they want to keep them forever and of course that's not going to happen but I think it's really one of the things that, that I've been trying to work with council on over the last few years, and it's been our wonderful libraries people actually who just picked this up and ran with it, was um, a, a, just a little program called Pin the City's Art. So if you saw something cool, you could take a photo and you could just pin it on the map. And I, I just felt that having at least recorded photographically, you know, it's here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah. Although hopefully some of them will be here for a long time. Yeah, and surely there's a place for ones that will be timeless. But I do like the the ever-changing. I think that's the thing that makes it exciting. Every time you come into the city, something's changed, something's grown, something's gone. And I think like we try and elaborate on that with our own art gallery. We often do street art activations within our gallery walls that are very limited. So they have a four to six week runtime. Yeah. And if you don't come in and see them, they will they will be painted over and gone forever. And every time I talk to people about public art, they're like, oh, what was that one that was on this corner and it's gone now? And it's like, oh, you didn't stop and take a photo? And they're like, no, I drove past all the time, but they never stopped and enjoyed it. Humans are just generally not comfortable with change. (laughs) Change is really difficult. Feeling social? Follow City of Newcastle on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. My name's Carol Duncan and we're talking about in part two of our conversation about public art, art in public with Jordan Lucky, creative director of Playstate and Isaac Witten from Playstate as well. Isaac, who works with you both now? Who, who are some of the artists that you're, you're working with? Where do you find them? Are they local? The artists that we're working with at the moment are all local artists. So um, Newcastle, Port Stephens. So we're working with obviously Jordan here. 
Olaswan, Dan Bianco and Nairi. And we've just started doing a little bit with Mitch Berrigan as well. I recently ran into Olaswan. I was walking back through the mall one night from Pacific Park for the illuminations a few months ago, which was wonderful. And he was set up there with some crew doing the Nook store, the new kookaburra over the Nook store, which was just wonderful. And he was like, Carol, here, have a paintbrush and paint a leaf. And it was like, oh, look, I think I could probably even scrub a leaf. So it's probably better just leaving it to you. But it was just really nice. Yeah, it's really nice to see that energy back in our city. Like, I think, you know, now more than ever, there's a need for those Easter eggs to get people out of the house and back engaging with, you know, our our public forums. So, yeah, it's been really cool to see, especially like what Olas has been doing lately has been really energetic. Yeah. He has quite like a a modern style that I guess is very unique to him. It's almost like a mixture of graffiti meets sort of surf culture in some ways. It's um, it's almost iconic of Newcastle. When you see his work, it just looks like here. It has that connection with obviously the graffiti culture, but just Newcastle in itself. What can you mention? A couple of examples that people might recognise as they're coming through the city. Yeah, absolutely. So he's just finished up a massive project at Nobby's. So just down left of the break wall there, um, on the. I think it's a boat shed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. So, um, yeah, he's recently finished that one up. And that is everything iconic Newcastle. So that was Olas One, Dan Bianco and Jacob Watson. Right. And that's that series of sheds, isn't it? Behind Horseshoe, the Dog Beach and just off the, the side of the pier. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the one. And okay. Yeah, it's just been such an exciting project seeing that kind of come together over the last few months. Mm. But of his body of work, the things I really love are... Uh, you know, he's sometimes not so prolific locations. Like maybe it's a back lane and it's a wall that you wouldn't recognise as a nice canvas. It's got drain pipes and things and he activates them really well. Yeah. Uh, an example of that would be like behind Suspensions Cafe over in Islington. Yeah. There's a beautiful one there and it's a, a kind of um, graffiti style artwork that forms into a wave and it's got little details of little fish flowing through and stuff like that. I think there's another one of... Oh. Might be yours, actually, in behind overtime in a laneway behind Beaumont Street. I only saw this one a few weeks ago having a chat to the people who now run that cafe. And it was like, oh, who'd have thought? Just oh, I, think, I think that might be one by Up and Up, who uh, you might know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they do quite a, a lot of... They do great stuff. ...amazing community engagement. I yeah. think that was a wall that maybe had 10 or 12 hands on it. Which Fantastic. Is, you know, that's... A pretty logistical, <laughs> logistically tough thing to organise. It is, but it really as you were well. saying, not an obvious space because it's not a thoroughfare. You're not going from here to there past it. Yeah. But certainly for those people, the businesses that back onto there and the people that do use that area, you know, a massive positive improvement to that environment. And perhaps one of those spaces that, as you were talking about, is great to bring up-and-comers into. Yeah, and I think spaces like that lead, lend themselves really well to, you know, those post-graffiti and street art movements because it's a space that otherwise would be unloved. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we spend a lot of effort to make the main strip look amazing, but to walk to the main strip, you have to walk down some alleyways that maybe don't feel so comfortable. And I think public art is a great way to make, you know, thoroughfares that are maybe a tight little lane more appealing, more approachable. Yeah. And you you referred to having travelled overseas and worked with other artists overseas in street art scenes. How do we compare now to what you have seen happening elsewhere? And I'm sure that we're still just neophytes at this, but it's got to be a lot better. 
what do we still have to do? I think the thing that's changed with Newcastle drastically is we have these great examples of, you know, very polished, complete European cities that have amazing murals that have taken decades to in- install. So, you know, over time, the, you know, the, the street art map of Newcastle is ever growing, but we're still young in our, I guess, foresight of what a street art movement and scene could look like compared to cities that have maybe been embellished with street art now for 40 or 50 years yeah but newcastle is tracking in a really beautiful direction i think it's a city unlike any other because it feels very connected and very communal i feel like a lot of street artists are connecting with organizers businesses and other artists and the community here is really together and really you know focused on a a common goal of you know loving and enjoying newcastle and I think it's been a lot of work even to get us just to this point. And this, you know, predates certainly my time on council with Hit the Bricks, for example, quite some years ago now. But I think, you know, you're right, we are starting to see it grow and the city's collection of street art grow. And maybe we should produce a map at some time. I know makers and traders are about to upgrade their map. I think it just makes it more inviting, doesn't it? Yeah, for some people, definitely the map is like the calling card to get out and start viewing them. Mm. Um, for other people, it might be the last thing that they find after years of viewing street art, and there's a couple that they haven't seen, and the map helps them find those last couple Easter eggs. I think street art is cool because you engage in it in how you want to engage. If it's your choice to use a map, that's fantastic. Maybe some people want nothing to do with their phone, nothing to do with their map. They just want to walk around a city <laughs> wide-eyed. So. It's great to see how different people of different ages and demographics um, interact with street art. Your Newcastle is changing daily and we care about you. Have your say at newcastle.nsw.gov.au. And you mentioned 40 countries that you've... Okay, (laughs) 40 countries. I could only dream about that, aspire to it, but it'll never happen. Give me a, a couple of wow moments where you have seen a project overseas somewhere that you have just gone, oh my heavens, will you look at that? We're actually lucky enough to have the artist um, that really blew me away. We have one of their works here in Newcastle, the Fintan Magee mural over near Civic Station. I was driving around in Norway and, you know, it's uh, middle of sort of spring, summer, everything's lush green. You hardly see any graffiti, any modernism. There's a lot of, you know, painted barns and little things like this, but they're they're all made in nature. And then we arrived to a, a small town... I'll probably pronounce it wrong, but I think it's called Stravanga or something like this. And there is You've this, given it a good go. There is this ginormous, amazing, beautiful Fintan Magee mural that just, it's like, it changes the whole landscape that it sits within. I'm sure it's changed that whole town's trajectory in terms of tourism. I need in, to Google it now. I need to see it. Yeah, in terms of, you know, like people engaging with that town and its history. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a sort of post-industry you know revitalization yeah and this mural like i I remember we parked the car and we had a picnic in two or three different locations we stopped just to view it from different sitting spots and after that i was thinking i need to learn how to paint that big (laughs) you know like the feeling that a mural like that can leave someone um i don't think there's there's many things in this world that can instill that feeling i love that that is clearly still a very emotional memory for you yeah definitely um, yeah you know I, if you ask me about norway that's the 
the number one thing I've seen in a beautiful country covered in amazing, beautiful landscapes. It's like mural. <laughs> Isaac? Well, I haven't been overseas, really. So... I can't really compare Newcastle to anywhere else. All right, so else. Jordan's got to take you travelling. Yeah, absolutely. What about in Newcastle with what we have now and what is a rapidly growing collection? What what stops you in your tracks every time? I think just the city in itself, the way that it's come together in the last even two years or so. So I grew up in Tamworth and we had absolutely nothing. Tamworth still has no mural scene, no street art scene. There's a, a legal graffiti wall there and that's the only place that you can view public well, legal there's graffiti. there's a job to be done. Yeah. <laughs> when you're yeah. not doing this one. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll look at going into other those other regional centres later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but our main focus is Newcastle right now. But just walking through the city now, you see all the new buildings, but you're also seeing all of this beautiful artwork. And for me, that just makes me feel at home here. Yeah. And it's, yeah, just like nowhere else that I've been. What's your favourite one? No bias if you don't say mine. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No, it's not about just one artwork. It's mm. about having it's multiple artworks to create a space. It's not just one destination. It's the whole city. And it's you can the vibe. walk through Newcastle and just feel... Um, you can feel a lot of different things. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. All right, two questions for you, Jordan, before I, I wrap this up. What are you currently working on? I'm actually over on Derby Street at the moment working on one that was uh, SBR funded. Yep. So that's a beautiful mural called The Gateway to Derby Street, and it's just linking that connection between Bar Beach and the Derby Street sort of cafe precinct. Fantastic. I think um, a few few artworks have been popping up along there, and it's eventually going to make quite like a nice walking track, hopefully people are more likely to connect from the beach through to the cafes and vice versa with a little bit of art along the way to to keep it energized yeah um so that's a really cool artwork it's um a big very modern australian native scene so it involves a lot of like shapes patterns and colors but then also some lorikeets some local flora and fauna that i photographed in um glenrock oh fabulous and yeah, it's just in a really powerful spot because it, it was sitting amongst a lot of grey. So yeah. um, now this elaborate colour way really pops and really adds such a big change to a, maybe a, a canvas people didn't notice. Yeah. And question without notice, is there a wall in the city that you covet? There's definitely a few, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hard look, to choose one. Yeah. There's always been a dream to m- maybe get a look in at the... Um, silos that sit across on Kuragang Island. That's a beautiful viewpoint from our, our sh- foreshore. And, That'd um, be a big artwork. Yeah, and also very iconic. Mm. But um, we see it done elsewhere in the country and the silos look amazing. Yeah, well, I actually have my first silo. Or it's a giant water tank, but we're calling it a silo just for okay. like street cred. You yeah. know? Uh, I have my first one coming up for Midcoast Council, and that's actually starting later in the year. And I've constantly been thinking that, you know, like, I'm really itching to finally paint a big painting. Yeah. And that sounds silly can, coming from someone that paints multi... or, like, a lot of two-storey, you know, two-and-a-half-storey yeah, paintings. Yeah, it's not like what you do is little. No, but they feel small, you know. Yeah. So I guess when I'm walking around the city, I'm very wide-eyed to, you know, where's the largest that I'm... I, I can convince someone to let me put something beautiful. <laughs> I'd love to see the silos done as well. They're not ours, so we can't just give them to you, but it'd be great. <laughs> it, it's, it, it comes up often where people say, oh, could we do something with the silos? I think that would be a real sign of the times. Yeah. You know, like moving from... 
you know, the industrial look to a very modern, very arty. And they did do some nice things when they put that coloured lighting on the silos. Yeah, they have been illuminated a few times. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Yeah. All right. Well, look, it's been fun to chat with you both. Thank you so much for coming in and talking about street art and public art. And I'm looking forward to coming for a visit, Can we walk up Tarby Street to see that the work that you've done there is supported by the Special Business Funding Program. And as I said earlier, you know, it's one of the things that uh, makes me proud about working for an organisation that works works for a community that puts money into this. And and I think that speaks volumes for the values of Novocastrians in that they value your work uh, and the work of artists and creatives. And I think that's just brilliant. So it's a responsibility I take very seriously. I'm very appreciative of the support that our city shows. So. Uh, I think, you know, that most people feel that our young people should be able to strive to or dream to be a working artist, whether it's music, Uh, painting, drawing, whatever it is, that they should be able to fulfil that need and desire to be a creative person. And and so glad that you're one. Yeah, from uh, an artist that's looked at global communities, there's not a bad thing to say that, like, oh, Newcastle might be known for supporting artists. Yeah, that's definitely not a bad thing for a city to be known for. Yeah, (laughs) because it's about supporting people, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Fabulous to chat with you both. That's your Newcastle. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review us wherever you listen.